Well, hey there, freaks. It's your boy Marty here. Uh, brief prelude to this episode. Had to cut out about 15 minutes. Uh, Matt and I tried to explain the history of the user-activated soft fork on the fly after getting a user contribution question. And after 15 minutes of discussion, uh, trying to put this together off the top of our heads, we realized how confused we were on the timeline and just had to cut everything. So we are going to organize our thoughts uh, get a timeline together with pen and paper uh, so that we can give you the true uh, history of the user-activated soft fork. So the, the contributor out there who uh, paid for a contributor this week, just know we are working on it. Um, but again, we couldn't do it on the fly. It's a, it's a very dense subject with a lot of nuance and a lot of, uh, a lot of different BIP numbers that you have to remember. So we are going to try and do that subject justice by getting our thoughts organized. Uh, so I hope you enjoy... The, the 45 uh, minutes episode today, sorry, it's a little bit short, but we didn't want to, we just felt the, the content that we talked about for 15 minutes was too confusing, uh, and it's better better to get our thoughts in order. So enjoy. I'm good to go. You sure you're good to go, Matthew? Yeah, I'm trying to be a little reformed today. Trying to dry out? Nice and responsible. Yeah, me too. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. Welcome back to Rabbit Hole Recap, specifically Matt. Matt's coming back from a trip, a little hungover right now. How are you? Happy to be here as usual. <laughs> Sorry to throw you under the bus like that. A little bit slow right now, but I'm going to work through it. We got a lot to talk about today, Matt. Um, there's going to be many aspects to this episode of Rabbit Hole Recap. We've got a special request from the freaks out there via contribution, and we feel obliged to to attack the task at hand it is it is a bit of an arduous task but we'll do our best to accomplish it uh mind you we are doing this in haze because we just saw the contribution uh 10 minutes ago we're trying to throw this together um are we gonna like do the ad reads or anything yeah we're gonna do the ad reads first i'm just prepping people mentally for for explanation we'll get to that um but before we get into it we gotta give a shout out to our sponsors you freaks know all about them the cash app uh, use them this morning. Use the cash app this morning to buy uh, a spot at our cold card uh, demonstration on September 26th here in New York City. Uh, and I, the cold card demonstration used BTC Pay Server to produce an invoice, and that invoice produced a BEC32 address. And I sent uh, from my cash app to the BEC32 address pretty seamlessly. That's was great. able to That's designate great. my spot. Um, so. Shout out to Cash App, Beck32 uh, addresses, sending two Beck32 addresses is enabled. On top of that, you're able to buy, sell, withdraw Bitcoin. Obviously, withdraw Bitcoin. You can send Bitcoin to the app as well. Um, and they got that incredible boost pr- program. I actually used uh, a coffee boost less than 30 minutes ago. I'm looking at my iced coffee now. I saved a dollar at, uh, at Blue Bottle Coffee using my, my, my local coffee shop boost. So go to your local uh app store whether it's google play apple app store use the code stacking sats you'll get five dollars and five dollars will go to uh owls lacrosse which is a charity very near and dear to our hearts uh, and download the cash app today and then shout out to unchained capital um we will be seeing those guys next week in dallas when we head down there for the bitblock boom conference um and unchained is actually doing a joint uh, event the Friday before that BitBlock Boom conference in Dallas with Adamant Capital with Tortimer and that team. If you freaks don't know about Unchained yet, uh, 
they are helping us out with their vault program. They've got a two or three multi-sig set up and you can even get more um, more exotic with it if you if you feel the need to. And basically what will happen is you'll keep two or three keys on a Trezor or a Ledger and then uh, Unchained is there to be the second key of that two or three multi-sig if you ever need them. Otherwise, you have full custody of your funds. Um, and on top of that, they have on the other side uh, Bitcoin collateralized loans. So if you earn a crunch, you don't want to sell Bitcoin, you want to get some USD, you can use unchained-capital.com and uh, get a USD Bitcoin collateralized loan. Friends don't let friends sell Bitcoin. Um, again, that's www.unchained-capital.com. And if you still haven't bought your BitBlock Boom ticket, our promo code is RHR. It is RHR. It's coming up quick. Flights to Dallas. Still pretty cheap. Not that bad. I booked my flight yesterday. You're cheap as hell. Yeah. Um, we got a big list today. Before we get to the list, we were alluding to it earlier. Wait, the block height is... Uh, oh, yes, yes. We got to stay on the this. The block height is uh, 589,218. 589,218? Yeah, correct. So we are 30,218? 30, 30, what was that? Did you say 589,218? Yeah. Five, eight, so we're 30,000... Uh, 782 blocks away from the next halving. Quick math from your boy, Marty. I think that's right, too. Hope it is. And we're looking at the trade block XBX index, price of Bitcoin. Wait, what'd you say? It's like 40,000, 40,000, right? I said, said 30,000. Yeah, it's 40, it's 41,000 blocks until, until the next. Wait, the you next said, semi. oh, it's 630,000. I got, I got mixed up there. Yeah. I thought, uh, the block height at 620,000. You're right. So my math was wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I, it wasn't my it wasn't my math. It was my uh, designation of the next block. I'm not having. very sharp here, anyway. So. Yeah, 600 block 630,000, not 620,000. Damn it, Marty. Um, and the trade block XBX index right now is uh, 11,566 dollars and 35 cents. We've been uh, slacking on giving that information, and we feel we feel the need to get get back in order here on rabbit hole recap yeah we couldn't forget it again i had to make sure we didn't forget it all right so on to the contribution the request slow it down for the plebs of request user act um but segwit staying on that perfect segue with segwit uh it enables uh what i wrote about in the bent today which was brian bishop's uh proposal for bitcoin vaults uh, which basically would allow you to construct a transaction in a certain way that uh, sort of delays the sending of that transaction for N blocks and allows you to create another transaction that moves those UTXOs to another wallet to quote-unquote safety just in case the initiation of the first transaction was fraudulent or you sent it to the wrong address or something. So it's basically like an undo button for transactions uh, that I believe was like a huge would be a huge upgrade uh, UX wise, or almost like a watchtower. Right? Yes, basically, yeah. yeah. It's very similar to a watchtower. So, like, if someone's is trying to steal your Bitcoin, you can you can revert it to a different wallet. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's really cool. Your boy uh, Eamon is actually the first was part of the the team not, that not, right. Not our boy. He's your boy, dude. Not our boy. 
<laughs> so this is uh this is something these vaults the concept of quote-unquote covenants has been around since 2016 got to give credit where credit is due i believe amen did write the paper hey, he was one of them yes one of the people that wrote the paper Indeed. describing this but his required a hard fork yes it did uh Classic brian's brian's proposal doesn't recall doesn't uh uh doesn't require a hard or soft fork actually you don't need any upgrade like that you just need to move do a bit of refactoring i believe but uh yeah so this is a concept that's been around for a while but uh brian finally and a, and a couple others i believe put their minds together and put a proposal out for it to try and make it possible i mean my quick like uneducated uh question would be aren't you kind of just pushing the security onto wherever that yeah well it is that's now. i was like, actually what are you solving walking back from getting my uh coffee yeah. That's that's the question I have. Like, do you have to do you have to a predetermined address that you send it to? When and then, how do I protect that address? Do I have a watchtower protecting? Yeah. Like, what is? Well, that? I'll be speaking with Brian next Friday. We can oh, ask I'm him excited. that. Um, that's another thing. Should we we should touch on what the difference between a hard fork and a soft fork is? Yes. Um, like that's a pretty big one that yeah. we just didn't talk about, and the user activated. That's true. That's true. So, like, a hard fork is consensus-breaking change. Like, everyone needs to upgrade. Otherwise, you're on two different... Uh, you have two different chains. But with a soft fork, it's... Uh, like, all the old clients still can... It's backwards connect. compatible. Yeah. So, soft fork, uh, users can upgrade to the software that is soft fork compatible, run it, and uh, users can also stay on old uh, software versions or old versions of Bitcoin and still be uh, interacting with nodes that are on, on the new software and be pack backwards compatible. Right. And if you have, uh, as we, um, if you remember, like the most, the, that, that more recent bug, we had the inflation bug um, that was caught and fixed. Uh, that was only possible in the newer clients. It yes. wasn't possible in the older clients. So that's the kind of, Neg that's one of the main negatives is if you if you do these hard forks you don't have the older clients you don't have the immunity like checking. of the old, yeah so I believe that was like version any version before sixteen point five zero point sixteen point five was okay from that one right so if you were running an old client you would immediately see that it was an invalid block um, but if if we had hard forked then none of those clients would have been yeah. able to do that this is why we think of the man of the coma here on rabbit hole recap you think of the man of the coma and you saw fork. Uh, because of him. And you, and you never know. That man in the coma running an old client version may fucking save your life for the future by, by recognizing uh, invalid blocks. I mean, he's not going to see the invalid block if he's in the fucking coma. So. This is true. He has to like wake up from the coma and be like, ooh, <laughs> invalid block. We'll, 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 we'll work on that, that, uh, that hypothetical. But think of the man in the coma. He's important. There's a lot. You, want, uh, you want him to be able to wake up and use his money. Um. Yeah, so check out. We'll put the link to the GitHub proposal for the vaults. Um, yeah. Do you want to? You take this one over. So this is your bread and butter trade-offs. Bitcoin SV last week. Bitmex research uh, pointed out that they they attempted to, uh, or they didn't attempt to. They mine the network mined the block with uh, a 210 megabyte block and it uh, f caused a lot of nodes to f fall off the network. Like all of them went down, right? Like a bunch of them went down. <laughs> That's the thing. Like people were calling out BitMix like you're, 
your uh, your your hardware is not up to clap. Like, if you want to be running BSV, you have to be running this hardware. Like, it's your fault. And like the tweet where they pointed it out was them being like us, and to make sure that we weren't just like running an uh, inefficient hardware, we checked four other services and screenshotted that their block like explorers the block were explorers down. and yeah. everything. Yeah, and like five or six block explorers, which you would think are investing in pretty hefty hardware weren't able to and we just talked about this other guy uh ryan charles uh, yes last week who who basically like right before this block happened was he was the one complaining saying like my node costs are going through the roof i like can't afford this like it's not charity and yeah that's exactly what we said like node costs go up no people that run nodes don't get paid to run it so it's an indirect benefit so you have less nodes and then you if you if you have flexible block sizes like this um where the blocks aren't always full but they have really high you know non-existing caps basically then anyone running a node needs to be able to handle it's like such an attack vector they need to be able to handle like the rogue 210 megabyte block right like because because think about it, like you're thinking about your resources and like usually it's only using two megabytes or something like that. And then all of a sudden anyone yeah. can just send a 200 megabyte or just bullshit data. You can send whatever you want, weather data or whatever. Well, the weather data is important. We need it on a blockchain. What would we do without it? <laughs> it's not even a secure blockchain. Trade-offs freaks. Oh yeah, your tweet was great. What was your tweet? If you ignore trade-offs, they're yeah. going to come back and kick you in the dick. Yeah. That's that's what will happen. You'll get kicked in the dick. Protect your dicks. Think about the trade-offs. And your vaginas. You should protect your vaginas, too, if you're, if you're listening out there with one. Um, we're pretty heavy macro from here on out. It's been a crazy, crazy week in the traditional financial world. Uh, I guess we should start with, like, the Chinese yuan, U.S. dollar peg breaking pretty heavily. Uh, and there's a lot of... So there's been a lot going on. There's a lot of nuance to all of this and misunderstandings uh i would say in the mainstream and even at in the presidency so trump came out on monday i believe and basically called china out for for manipulating their currency uh so let's jump to the mechanics of what's going been on saying that for a while but now he made it official you right mean, like the treasury the treasury yeah. charged them with being money manipulators um but the way so basically what happened the, the reason uh, China, the Chinese yuan broke its peg with the dollar and sort of went above seven yuan per dollar uh, over the week is because if you're really looking at it, they're not really manipulating their currency, actually stopped manipula- manipulating the currency, stopped using U.S. dollars to buy the Chinese yuan, which was keeping the peg, holding the peg. Um, and so that's basically how China, the People's Bank of China has been holding the peg with the U.S. dollars. They they, they have were it, propping it up, right? They're propping it up with dollars that they have on their balance sheet. And Kyle Bass actually went on CNBC earlier this week and had a great interview. I'll share that YouTube link uh, in the show notes. But he basically got, went on to describe, and I can't prove whether this is true or not, but this is just one view of, of what's going on. And he basically alluded to it may be something similar to what happened to South Korea in the 90s Asian currency crisis where uh, – Within Asia, they were they had the largest amount of U.S. dollars on their balance sheet um, at the time, like right before the crisis. But what we came to find was uh, they were keeping those dollars on their balance sheet as they were lending it out to South Korean banks, who were then lending it out throughout the economy. 
And when uh, push came to shove in the ni- in the 90s currency crisis, uh, South Korea basically had a, a liquidity crunch. And they were, even though they were keeping those dollars on their balance sheet, they loaned them all out and didn't There's have access. There's not enough money to, to go around. Yeah, so they didn't have access to to buy or to to buy their currency with dollars because they loaned it all out. Kyle Bass is saying something similar is happening to China right now where they've done something maybe not exactly the same but similar and that is why the the peg is broken is because they don't have enough dollar liquidity to to hold the peg. Um so it actually brings up this weird not weird but it's interesting philosophical debate like what is money manipulation? Like is is using the dollar to prop up the yuan manipulation? To me that would seem yes. We're saying it's not, right? Yeah, the US well, that, government's yeah. saying it's not. Well, the Trump that's like the thing, like what you get into the slippery slope, but what is manipulation? What is your definition definition of manipulation and how, uh, isn't it all manipulation and all? Yeah. That's what I would argue. I would argue it's all manipulation. It's just who's manipulating it in the most fashionable way at any given point in time. Um, I mean, in a truly free market, there's no such thing as manipulation, right? Right. Cause one man's manipulation is like another man, like don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah. But so there's rumors out there now. This China situation could be pretty big, and if it is, there's a lot of money, quote unquote, floating around in China. At least a lot of money on balance sheets in China, and there's rumors even that this is completely conjecture up to this point. I cannot prove this, but there's some very reputable people saying that it might be true. Is that the CEO of HSBC was recently fired because it was found that he was he had lended something like 400 billion dollars uh to the pboc like to try to help them in their efforts to prop up uh this system so see they seem to be implying there that that's currency manipulation right yeah so maybe that's what do we know if they're hitting them for the propping or the not propping i don't know like i'm it's it's all confused i think um yeah i don't know i'm not sure what does that mean it just means like the trade war is escalating anyway right yeah. Like so, so, yeah. This is, and this is you have Trump coming out today and and basically begging the Fed to lower rates because we're getting crushed. He does not want a strong dollar. He came out and said today, like, believe it or not, I do not want a strong dollar. Uh, it hurts our great exporters like Caterpillar and all that. He tweeted it. Yeah, he tweeted it. Yeah. Um, so that's the thing. Like, and that's the, so that's the crazy thing about this week in my mind. I wrote about on Monday is like, again, like the slippery slope of starting to like, what is manipulation? Like. If you're in a currency war, you do not say that you're in a currency war. You posture, you man, you maneuver based off your enemy's moves, and you basically just you're playing this game, but you're never letting everybody know that you're playing this game. And it feels like this week, the whole world knows that they're playing this game. Yeah, now. I mean, I think if you if you start having people question what is money, like the fiat proponents are going to have a hard time. Like once you start actually thinking about it, it just doesn't really make any sense. Um, I. Uh, so this all started because the Fed lowered rates for the first time since 2009, right, or whatever. Well, but they didn't lower them as much as the market had expected, right? Would you say? Uh, I don't think that causality, like that line of ca- like cause and effect, is exact. But it's all playing, like it's all right. They're playing all, off each other. They're all variables in a in a in a shit soup, if you will. Because when did that happen? Was that like a week ago when they lowered it 25 basis points? Yeah, like two weeks ago, I believe. And then everything's just... Yeah, it's, well... Like, the market's been going down since then, right? Yeah, so you have something, like, every 
duration of bond in Germany, I believe, is negative right now. So any duration of bond that you buy, at least at one point, I believe. All the way to like 30 years. All the way to 30 years was you're expected to, to (laughs) you're guaranteeing a loss, basically. Their economy is not expected to grow over over every duration, which is scary to see. And we had to be close to that with us, right, or something? We're... um, if we get a poultry, our enough, one year is at like one twenty seven right now. That's um, crazy. Yeah, but so stocks are down, oils down, Bitcoin's up. Right? Bitcoin is up. Bitcoin does seem to be playing. Bonds. Gold is up. Silver's up. Um, but not as much as Bitcoin. Not as much as Bitcoin. Bitcoin's down though today, and we're seeing Bitcoin as a safe haven. We may be everywhere. It's uncorrelated. We can say it's uncorrelated. At it's least uncor- that's. Uh, I think that's a. I think that's a safer vernacular for now. Um, even though I'm one of the biggest proponents, of Bitcoin in my mind is a perfect safe haven. It has the properties through which you can save your your haven of wealth. But uh, find, actually, safe, was, find safety in sats. <laughs> find safety in sats. I like that. God go. damn it, Matt! You're too good at this. <laughs> <laughs> sats are my safe haven. Um, they are my safe haven. Sats are my safe haven. Pump it. There you go. Um, it's been pretty crazy to see that narrative play out, and it, you can really see how it it can become very much a self fulfilling prophecy. If we like get a couple weeks here where just like shit's hitting the fan, and and the money that be decides that they want to take advantage of the fact that Bitcoin's pretty illiquid, uh. It'll yeah. It could just hasten the ultimate because I mean I think Bitcoin is naturally the ultimate safe haven asset, right? Yes. Um, it's hard to seize. It's easy to move, um, easy to secure. And that's so that's been the big debate uh, around crypto, Twitter, and Telegram. Oh, crypto, Bitcoin, Twitter, and Telegram. Uh, at least in my observation last week is is China driving this rally? You wouldn't be able to tell uh, via the exchange volumes, but. I don't know if we can look at exchange volumes in China. Like, from what I understand, like a lot of it's done OTC via WeChat and stuff like that. So you have like probably dark markets in China, maybe bigger than than the uh, regulated markets. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Like the miners, especially, use a lot of OTC relationships and stuff. But it, it doesn't really matter. Like if it's who's buying it, right? Yeah, it could be Westerners buying it. Because they think Chinese should buy it or will buy it. Um, but, or it could be both, which is probably both. Yeah. yeah. We just know that it's going up. Orange, orange, orange coin good, number go up. But, I mean, <laughs> but I mean uh, these kind of situations really highlight, you know, they make people think, like, if, if, if I've had plenty of people throughout the years say to me, Matt, like, that's great. Like, Bitcoin is like a like a uh, non-government currency that's independent of any governments. Uh, but why would I need that? Right? Like government's fine running my money. And then when you have this kind of situation, both in, you know, Hong Kong and like the global macro, like all, all this, this trade war stuff between China and the United States. Well, and, and beyond China, like we just completely embargoed Venezuela, I believe. Um, India and Pakistan, I believe are starting to get into it. Shit is like, heating up this summer sorry for interrupting no yeah so i i I think these are like it's clear learning uh experiences right for everyone who's not who's who's watching on the sidelines yeah and that's another interesting thing this is like 
also Bitcoin's true if we are going to, if we are turning into a recession here um, or in the midst of a recession that we'll only know in retrospect, this will be uh, the first time in Bitcoin's life cycle that it's experienced uh, a market cycle like this. It was born in the depths of, of the last crazy recession. Yeah, so what happens? Do we... I mean, who the fuck sells their Bitcoin in a, in a market collapse? Do people really do that? Are people like going to rush the exits like all the Bitcoiners are going to be like, oh my God, got to sell. Not the, not the Bitcoiners I know. Right? Yeah. All it needs to do is spike like a little bit and it becomes a self-fulfilling problem. Well, like, so that's the the weird thing that's happening right now. It's like the dollar strengthening. That's what like. Trump's freaking out because the dollar strengthening against all these, uh, all these currency crosses, and so basically what you're seeing is like all the weaker currencies die as people seek flight in the dollar, and that's the overarching question I have in my mind, especially if China and Russia get screwed over in this macro situation. Do they have the balls to give the finger and say we're not going to find safety in dollars? We're going to seek for gold. We're going to seek gold or Bitcoin. Find safety in sats. <laughs> sats are my safe haven, baby. <laughs> sats are my safe haven. It's true. Now, I mean, and, and again, empirically, there was actually uh, I retweeted a, a infographic that was going around Bloomberg terminals today, like lining up Bitcoin versus gold. I believe the chart was called SmackDown for store value, and you just look at the properties that Bitcoin has when compared to the best store value the world had ever known up till two thousand nine. It. Uh, it beats it out in a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of core features, and then the features that uh, it doesn't beat it out on are just so happen to be like time. Yeah, they had like a segment where they were like, age, ten years, <laughs> X. Um, yeah, I mean, I think right, Bitcoin as a store of value used to be like crazy fringe talk, and now it's on CNBC com- every day. Yeah, it's com- you know at, le- at least there's a. There's a debate around it. So people don't, you know, you're not so crazy if you take at least a, some percentage in, in Bitcoin. Um, you're almost more crazy not to have an allocation to Bitcoin now. Yeah. Yeah, what are you? It's like at least a small one. Yeah, there were, like, yeah, again, it's riskier not to have skin in the game at this point. Binary people, it's still, it's still very early in the uh, potential upward value uh accruation of bitcoin i don't know if that was just a sentence or not it could be it's definitely early this is a good uh, for sure. good segue into the next topic are the havings priced in matt it's all priced in marty everything's priced in i i i like have sympathy for the efficient market hypothesis which is that like all known information is priced into the price of any like if you have a truly free market like that should be the end result like if someone knows you know apple crops are going to do poorly next year like the prices of apples it should be priced in prices of apple farms and shit um at the same time most industrial miners are selling all of their bitcoin or most of their bitcoin on a regular basis to cover their real life expenses which are usually pretty tight margin um and that supply of that amount of Bitcoin is going to half. The question becomes, I mean, that's a supply shock, but 
I don't think we've ever seen in any other situation seen a supply shock that was like known ahead of time. Right. Like that's a pretty crazy combination. So it's like it is known, but. You know, I, the market attempts to price it in, but I don't think is very effective at doing it. See, I would even. I hate the focus on halvings, too. Right. Because people. My point is nothing's priced in. Like, again, this is binary. This is right. either we're zero we're so far off from being priced effectively yeah. that, like, how, what the fuck are you even That it's, like, about? laughable to, to even assume that halvings are priced. And people aren't even aware of Bitcoin, let alone halvings. And that's actually the interesting concept. Like, by the time people find out or become cognizant of what halvings are and, like, the actual impact they had on the supply schedule, like, it's probably, like, f- five to ten years from now. And, and there will be almost like one Bitcoin mine per day. But the, the efficient market hypothesis would state that you don't need everyone to know about it. You just, if you have a handful of people that know that it's incorrectly priced and what the proper price is, then they will price it in. They'll price in the future users or whatever. But I think on the contrary is that as Bitcoin price goes up, that amount of like daily flow we need to match the miners' sell pressure increases. Right. And we're still pretty low on the adoption curve. So, like, as long as that daily flow can't be quenched, um, it's not even a matter of 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 even getting to like there's not enough capital to effectively price in the scale uh, of, of what future all especially since the proponents that say that this having a price in say that all future havings are priced in. Exactly. And the humans aren't that the privilege that these efficient market hypothesis <laughs> people are putting out there, assuming that the richest people in the world will also have the most foresight to invest in Bitcoin. Uh, it's very hubristic in my mind, you know, like you could just have it where, yeah, the people who recognize that this is mispriced actually don't have the capital to get it to the price where it should be. Yeah. I mean, it should be sorry. Bitcoiners don't have, hundred trillion dollars laying around everything should get more priced in appropriately right as like uh, liquidity increases as like volume increases and stuff yeah you need more more demand demand side yeah so i guess that's for me as somebody if i'm putting on my investor cap looking at bitcoin i have a vision of, of where i think the total addressable market is and where it will be at some point I think I put 2030 in my head and if it's not at that point at 2030, it's either mispriced or not. What, what, what point do you want it to be at 2030? Um, I think like five mil by 2030 makes sense. The price for Bitcoin. Yeah. So what is that? That is uh, that you're, you've, you've passed since at parity, right? Yeah. Sunset parity is one million dollars a coin. That might be a little too too soon. That seems pretty aggressive. And if it doesn't hit that, then Bitcoin has failed. Okay, Marty. Um, I just forgot what I was gonna say. I think I'm gonna cut that out because that was too fucking stupid. What five million dollars? Yeah. No, it's fine. I meant to say twenty forty. Twenty forty five million dollars is less stupid. Okay. Uh, either way, I'm happy. I would be happy with sat percent. I'd be happy with a million dollars of coin. I think Bitcoin is being 
just just fine enough. Um, I just feel like the halvings being priced in, like just this. We've been having this conversation about the halvings priced in since I got it into Bitcoin, right? Everyone knows. And the price keeps going up and the halvings keep happening. So, like, if you want to say, like, oh, that's not the halving price action. That's a different price action, like adoption. Like, you want to split it up or whatever, fine. But it's, like, all interconnected. And and it's, like, we're arguing about things being priced in. And I watched it go from from uh, from 6 to 3, 6,000 to 3,000 to 13,000 to 10,000 and we're still talking about the halvings being priced in nothing like they can't even we can't even price in like day-to-day action <laughs> but we're like pricing in like six months in the future or whatever yeah and all the halvings after that yeah it's pretty um it, it is a pretty it's a tedious or, or tedious conversation to have at this point it's just stupid to think that anything's priced in right now i would say not enough people know that's that's all i'm going to say about that that's all, except for everything we just said. Except for that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think yeah, number go up. So, and having continue. <laughs> are you um? Are you sympathetic for the people who got hacked? Ha- got their KYC AML information hacked on Binance? Shit, dude, that's fucked up. So, let's, so it's alleged, right? Binance is saying that it might not be true, but it might be, and CoinDesk is saying it's definitely true. Yeah, so let's break down what we know so far. Apparently, uh, there has been an information leak at Binance or a third party that they've engaged with that was doing KYC AML on their customers for them. Uh, and basically, hackers have uh, seen videos of hackers going through pictures like of people sharing their passports. Selfie, yeah. Email address, phone number. Yeah, pe- like, yeah, pictures of people holding up their passports. Pretty creepy. Um, and so, yeah, apparently Coindesk has been arbiting, uh, been like an arbitrator between the hackers who presented themselves as a white hack group originally in Binance. Um, and for like a month, they said, right? Yeah, for like a month. So, yeah, so long story short, it seems that uh, Binance users' information has been leaked, is on the dark web, and we're trying to figure out who who is uh, in the wrong here. Can't can't uh pinpoint if it's binance uh third party they're using for their well, kyc Binance is definitely at fault and their third party if if that's the case that there was a third party because binance gave it to the third party you know this is a perfect this is exactly why kyc is fucking dangerous because all your personal information that they're storing is is like such a prime target for hackers they don't store it well it gets leaked and then as it gets leaked and stolen like then it can get used for like th- you know identity theft to other KYC platforms so like the K- like the KY the criminals are using stolen leaked data and purchased data they could purchase KYC from people to do these accounts fraudulently anyway and then honest users are getting screwed because now all their identifiable information is fucking out there yeah it's not a good not a good situation and it's I mean, we've spoken about this ad nauseum on this show, but it's like you almost get pissed at at Binance because you, you come out of the gates like no KYC, no AML. You develop this this economy of scale, which sort of forces you to put shackles on people, and then when you go to implement it, it's done in a shoddy way that that leaves your users at risk. So it's pretty scummy all around. And it's like I hate 
the shitcoin casino like debate my mind like it always perturbs me like every like cz gets prayed around like uh some some god and some respectable figure but from a tech perspective and a data security perspective it's a pretty piss poor job especially after this leak yeah i mean it's completely irresponsible for them to be using you know using a third party uh to to process this for them and then and then to just like dismiss so they 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 released a blog post and they were like well it looks like that's from like what february 2018 and or it's either february 2019 or february 2018 one specific day or something and and they were like we had a third party doing it so we definitely didn't lose it and it's like no like that's your fault if those are gone um and like you have to remember too that binance has been known to say that you don't need to do KYC and then after you have funds on the platform then force you to do it to withdraw your funds um, so like some of those users who got exposed here my, they might have had no choice but to, to either send this or lose their money yeah yeah pretty fucked all around um, so yeah look out for that I believe they're also turning on their USA exchange soon. We'll see how much traction that gets. I think so. They're asking Binance for 300 Bitcoin, right? Ransom. Uh, yes, that was it. Otherwise, they're just going to keep leaking data. I would pay it. They have it, don't they? Yeah, but if you pay it, then you... Yeah, set a bad precedent. You reward them. That's true. That you is true. just not take the data in the first place. What did you think about... Uh, This wasn't on the list, but what did you think about Coinbase's new additions? Are they real? Are they official yet? I'm pretty sure they were. I thought they were. What, the new tokens? Yeah. No, I think they said they were like, we're thinking about adding these six. It's eight. We're thinking about adding these eight, but we might not add them all. It's like Ah. their new way of announcing them. Yeah. I think they add most of them when they do it. I I don't know. They're still, they're so like... They need a focus, man. I someone was looking at the daily volumes and some of these tokens on the ones they've already added. Less than ten thousand dollars a day. Di- ridiculous. And they don't even they don't give them a Bitcoin pair, which is ridiculous to me. They only you can only trade them against USDC. Why would anybody? So weird. Yeah. And it's weird that they like pigeonhole the stablecoin in there when like they could just call it USD. It's on your platform. It's Coinbase. Some kind of regulatory thing, maybe. It's very confusing. I mean, we know Coinbase has no focus, and Brian Armstrong is trying to create the, the world's best payment system and doesn't understand that Bitcoin is, is going after re-architecting money. Yeah, I mean, they're fucking clueless. Uh, the, the other thing with Coinbase is you see they're getting sued, I think. By For negligence some bitcoiners for bitcoin cash launch it's a it's a good way to bookend the episode we have the uh user activated software on the front end that explanation and then yeah so there's ninja launch of bitcoin cash on coinbase so they they launched it on like a random tuesday it's like seven months after the fork or something six months december 22nd i believe yeah um december 22nd 2017 and the fork was August 1st. So. Yeah. This was like right after Bitcoin had hit an all-time high. And then, uh, yeah, so they basically launched it out of nowhere on a random Tuesday, like announced it via tweet or something like that. I think it was earlier than December 22nd because it went to like 50%. Of, I think Bitcoin was trading at like 9K and it went to like 4K or 4,500. 
So I think it was before we hit. I actually recorded an, an episode on the day of it. Let me pull I it up. I think it was before we hit uh, all the all-time high of all-time highs, the 20K or whatever. Wait, give me a second here. Give Which I think was like around like December 15th or something like that. But anyway, that was some bullshit that they pulled. And uh, they're being sued for negligence. A lot of people freaked out and were like, oh, my God, I'm on the wrong side of the fork. Bitcoin Cash is going to take over. And they like traded in haste and lost a bunch of Bitcoin for it. Um, then there was like rumors and of then Bitcoin Cash trading going around. Yeah, it just went straight down right after that. Um, Here, let me find this date. And then the other thing is, you see what happened to 8chan? Oh, yeah. This is actually... Cloudflare kicked them off, which is... I, we've spoke about it before on the pod. They do the denial of service protection. Yeah. No, and what's crazy interesting about this is... So, I guess 8chan... Uh, the founder of 8chan came out of a video and basically described the misunderstanding. Like People uh, said that... The, I believe it was the, the El Paso shooter... I don't know which one, but it was one of the shooters. Actually, it might have been the... It's fucking fucked up. They had to choose between mass shootings. One of the shooters uh, left a manifesto, uh, and the HN founders actually claiming that it was shared on Instagram first, and then somebody reposted it on HN. Uh, but it was removed from Instagram, and it wasn't removed from HN. Yes. And... Uh, HN's like an unmoderated forum on the internet. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's the evolution. I think of 4chan. it was like <laughs> yeah, it was like too heavy for Four Chan's owner, and so they went and made A Chan. Um, but yeah, so this is like the whole argument of internet censorship, and actually, it's we should probably talk about this too. Like Trump's press conference on Monday was actually scary as hell. The shit he wants to do, uh, basically create he's like the first steps to pre-crime and like executive orders t- uh, on par with the Patriot Act. Or, uh, or I don't even know if that was an executive order, but Patriot uh, Act I don't think was executive no, it wasn't order. executive order. But uh, Trump is is looking to take the Patriot Act and and bulk it up a little bit. It seems after these shootings. Oh really? Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, on Monday he came out and he said he he was like thinking about. Um, he proposed the fucking death penalty for hate crimes, dude. Which is ex- extremely slippery. So what what the fuck is a hate crime? Are we really willing to bring back capital punishment for that? Yeah, that could be. I mean, because you can interpret it, but you can make a bunch of things hate crimes if you wanted to. Exactly. That's interesting. I've, uh, I like kind of tuned out, at least non Bitcoin stuff, I tuned out this week. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, I mean, it's been a long week on that side of the world and that in those conversations like the the gun debate and stuff like that and people get yelled at for saying like these 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 events uh are exploited to take away your rights and i would argue i agree with that um and i i I really just hate the media around these these whole things i hate the way everything's exploited and it's pushed in your face and i'm usually depressed for many reasons when shit like this happens and most of it's um a lot of it's the reaction from from the mainstream media in particular yeah i mean i i like that i can just safely ignore it because i have bitcoin so it really does give me peace in times like these sats are our safe haven 
they really are more ways than one, like not just financially, right? You can opt out. You can opt out of it, you know? Gives me optimism. Gives me reason to hope. Yeah. Um, that's all we got for this week. We're almost exactly an hour. And do you have anything you want to end it on? Anything you want to touch on? No, I just, you know, it's to an, to another good week. I mean, I, let's let's see uh let's let's see where we go from here and it'd be pretty I yeah, it it's it's pretty it's it's something else seeing Bitcoin emerge as this. It's like almost like everyone's like there's not that much argument about it being a, it, we used to be called crazy for saying safe haven. I like went into hiding for a little bit. I've been saying calling it a safe haven since like 2013. <laughs> I was like like during the bear everyone's like, you know, it's a, so risk asset, risk asset, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so it should be interesting. Sats are our safe haven. They can be your safe haven, too. Uh, we've got a YouTube channel now. Oh, yeah. Let's show that. I, we need to do more videos, though. We, did we are going to do more videos. We will do more videos if you subscribe. Subscribe. And we are, uh, we're gonna, you know why we're going to do more videos? Because we're going to set uh, a target for ourselves and, and push ourselves to put out maybe one video a week. Nice Starting at a certain date. Reasonable target. I think so as well. Um, yeah, so go check out the YouTube. If you want to give a shout out and have us explain some shit to you, you can go to tftc.io slash contribute. We have Ask us questions there. We have this event coming up, the Cold Card Class. The Cold Card Class if you're in New York City. Uh, Tickets are out now. Thursday, September 26th? Yeah, I believe so. It's definitely September 26th. Mm-hmm. I believe it's a Thursday. $130 includes a cold card and SD cards you need. Or you can just bring your own. For $30. Yeah, because it comes with pizza and beer. Yeah. And soda. So we'll be doing that at Chain Code Labs uh, here in New York City. We're, we'll put the link in the show notes to that. Yeah. Uh, space is limited, so I would hop on it as quickly as possible. If you want to go. If you want to go. If you want, I mean, and know that if you are going to go like you're going to be doing work um we're gonna it's gonna be hands-on you're like actually we're just gonna like do it together yeah so you're gonna have to prep for it too and our friend evan kaludis is gonna be doing it as well there's a bunch of us that are helping out yeah shout out to evan don out there we'll actually have him on on the podcast soon as well in the future fuck yes i'm looking forward to that one um yeah that's all we got for this week peace and love freaks cheers (laughs)